Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is that time. It's our own uh, version of a mat drill here with Verz, the man that I, I got to get right to this because Verz, when we talked to you about the getting through the snow and you kind of uh, finding it funny when some people were treating the snow and driving in the snow with disregard and others that you were willing to help. Did you hear that uh, Jim Harbaugh uh, was helping clear a street path? Uh, they had some uh, wind blow some tree limbs down. And Jim Harbaugh helped law enforcement uh, clear a path so some cars could get through. And it kind of begged the question, everybody in in their neighborhood has a guy that would be the first to go out and help the neighbors. If, He's got uh, the chainsaw out. Yeah, got the chainsaw out. And if someone is shoveling their driveway, uh, Jim Harbaugh brings over the, the snowblower or the thrower so he can help you out. Is is that who Matt Verzel is in the neighborhood? Yeah, if I had a neighborhood. I mean, I'm not <laughs> currently. I have a house in Lincoln, but I also have an apartment up here. So I, I do not need to worry much about that. Does Jim Harbaugh was that surprise you that Jim Harbaugh would uh, would would do something like that? Not in the slightest. Okay. I mean that's <laughs> like that. That's the kind of that'd be a guy you'd kind of want to live by because he's going to be all Johnny Go Getter. Yeah, be out there every day. Huh. I bet if you told him that he couldn't mow your lawn in like an hour and a half, he'd he'd do it. He'd be like, "Oh, you won again, Jim. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Thanks, man." And he would do it in the khakis, which would be even better. Yeah. Uh, so something that we've been talking about a lot this week is the attention to, to Carter Nelson and the amount of offers that the Ainsworth student athlete is receiving. And I mean, it's it, basically if you haven't offered him, then what the hell is wrong with you? Eight-man football players in the evaluation process would be so interesting, especially a guy who's most most likely playing a position that he's not going to be playing at the collegiate level. If you're trying to evaluate someone that does play eight-man football, what are you looking for in trying to project what this guy could be? I mean, first off, he's got everything, you know, size and frame that you need. You know, he, he's got the, the God-given stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, in if you're playing any form of eight man, six man football, you're you're an athlete. Right. Like you are, you are in motion, and you are playing both ways, and you are in shape, and you have a lot of tools that are translatable. Right. There's been a lot of great players that have come through their backs and played eight man football. So it's it's how you can project that out with the kid, you know. You, you he's got the he's got the rarity, mm-hmm. right? He, he's got the size, the frame, all of it. And now, most coaches that, that are secure in how they know how to develop people will just say, "Well, we just got to mold him now. That's all we got to do." So, man, I want to get your take on this. There was some chatter this week about the size and shape of the Nebraska walk-on program 
under Matt Rule, something we love to talk about, the walk-ons here. And it just struck me as interesting that I think we misvalue the walk-on program sometimes around here. You think about the guys who who walked on and and eventually became a starter and made it to the league, but I think those those guys are are outliers. And and the true value of the walk-on program to me is you get a bunch of kids in your program who actually care, who have cared about the program their entire lives to push the more talented athletes that you bring in on the roster. I just wanted to get your take on on what you think the true value of having a robust walk-on program is. Um, it, it should be something that, that's used. There has to be a light at the end of the tunnel for the player, okay? So he's got to know that if he puts in hard work, hard work will be rewarded. Mm-hmm. But what he does is he provides a relentless, a never-say-die, a kill-or-be-killed attitude that that can become contagious on the team. Um, guys from every generation prior of Nebraska football will have a story of a guy. You know, we were fortunate enough, one of the guys in our class was John Bedrill. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and Ved did not care. Ved had little to no regard for his body and little to no regard if you did liked or did not like it. And if you wanted to discuss that verbally, he was in. And if you want to discuss that physically, he was in. So you have been uh, a guy in Cluster will tell you this. Cluster had the question every day. I got to look over my shoulder, not at this hot shot recruit they got coming in, but from this crazy walk on from Gregory, South Dakota, that, that they will give my job to. Because when they say, hey, we're going to put in this play where you're going to motion down, you're going to crack the nose guard. His name is Kerry Hicks. He's a Colorado. <laughs> and John Bedro goes, hell yeah, I am. You just tell me when. Mm-hmm. So now Cluster Johnson has to look at that scenario and say, uh, I guess, hell yeah, tell me when. <laughs> so they, they shift your mentality because it's an interesting thing. Tommy Frazier and I talked about yesterday on our 5115 podcast. But that guy or that human being can can de prima donna some of the things that come in, but there that there has to be a situation where that happens. Okay, you're a highly tied recruit. You come in, you get beat out by this kid that decided to walk on. How do you handle that mentally? Do you run back to mommy and daddy, or do you stay there and fight? Hey, man, I, this ain't how I'm going out. So that's that's the biggest thing to me is the mentality shift of hard work being rewarded and your job is susceptible to be taken by anyone. Uh, and Verz, I was listening to Corey Campbell speak this week. Uh, you know, ha- having the rare opportunity here from the strength and conditioning coach is always interesting, and he did point out the walk-on part of it as far as that development when it comes to and I'm going to use I'm going to use the way you describe it: strength and athleticism. But when it comes to a walk-on, he you know he talked about that's you know where you're going to make those gains and and that's where you can maybe kind of uh, you know find yourself on equal footing with some of the scholarship players. When you think of the strength and conditioning coach versus just maybe that that walk-on's uh, position coach, what would you rank as a higher priority? Are are you finding more gain through that uh, you know the, the overall teaching of the the position itself, or is there something to be said about what Corey Campbell's talking about when it comes to the strength and conditioning aspect? And that's where 
a lot of those walk-ons can really kind of catch up a little bit. Your, your position coach is the end-all, be-all. And then his, his view then can be reinforced by the strength coach. Mm-hmm. Now, it can go the other way. They can say, hey, coach, I don't know where he's at as far as grasp of concept or technique goes, but you know, Billy Bob is a hell of a worker, mm-hmm. and he's strong, and he's athletic, and he does this. So from our end of it, we have you have our full support if he beats out Timmy. So it's they, they work hand-in-hand. Your, your position coach, though, will be the ultimate say. Yeah. But then that strength coach is there for backup and reinforcement, just in case the head man is like, hey, why is the guy that we're giving money to not starting over the guy we're not giving money to? One of the things that I read on on 24-7 Sports this week was a, a quote, and the gist of it is basically that if Nebraska can find a way to land Dylan Riola it can change the perception of the program nationally. And I realize that that's a concern, but I just wonder, should we be all that concerned what the outside world thinks of Nebraska football right now? I think you're looking at it as more of a splash, but what you probably really need to be more concerned about, and you never want to put that kind of pressure on one human being on your team, you want to put that on, yeah, the product on the field has changed so much that one of the premier quarterbacks in the country has decided to come play for us. That that should be the MO. It shouldn't be the player, then the change. It should be the change, then the player. Mm-hmm. Right? We're yep. playing differently now. We're not the same Nebraska you used to know. We're It's different. And now look at who's decided to come join us because he likes what he's seen. Do you want to come be a part of this too? Awesome. Sign your name here. One of our three collectives will be in touch soon. <laughs> that that kind of deal. That that would be that would be more of a ringing endorsement to me. You see younger, um, you know, college-driven players on a daily basis with your teaching too. And I know sometimes when we hear a eighth grader has been been offered, it, it sort of stops yeah. everybody in their tracks. But you know, you you see this a lot closer than a lot of us do. How how much? And this kind of again goes back to sort of projecting. You know, as we were talking about Carter Nelson playing eight man football. When you talk about someone yep. who's going through a physical transformation, you know, an eighth grader. I mean, how we all remember when we were that young and the amount of change that we still had. How, I guess, overall, what's your feel of eighth graders being offered and, and how much you can, you know, truly project if one is just is just different than the rest? It's, there's numerous cases of them. You can all throw them out there, and then I got to roll after this. You can throw them all out there, and not many of them have worked. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a cool thing. Um, that kid shaving in eighth grade probably is done growing. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Now I, I don't know the young man mm. at all. I know Abdul knows him very well, and I trust Abdul with my life. So if Abdul's good with it, and he sees it in him, I'm good with it. And that's that's no word of a lie. There, that's how I roll. Yeah. So that's 
that's one of those things where I'm just like, yeah, if it's good to be in first, um, if you're not, then so be it. But now, you know, you're, you're letting the young kids know, Hey, you're a ninth grader, eighth graders, probably too young for me to be in ninth, too young for me, but you're a sophomore and you ball out. We're here for you. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, first, I yep. Appreciate it, man. Have a great weekend. Yeah. Bye. Matt Verzel joining us. Yeah. The, and I know you asked Shafe about this one too, John. It's it's rare, and I honestly don't remember. And I know Sharpie and I were trying to rack our brain. We thought Amon Green was probably one of the youngest that the Husker coaching staff at the time had offered in Tom Osborne, and, that, and you know he was a freshman. And, and I could tell you this: never having played against Amon Green, he was a couple years older than me. But watching at the time when I was at Millard South play Central, he just stood out. Yeah. Uh, his legs were like they were kegs. I mean, they were huge. I don't know if this was true, but I remember we were hearing when he was in track, like there was a, a reason that Amon always wore track pants in school and stuff because he couldn't find like normal like jeans to fit him because <laughs> his quads were just enormous. And look, there, and I, I think that, that kind of goes to say when you, you see younger players, you know there's probably going to be some – well, let's just say some changes physically, well, physically and mentally. But you know, going through puberty, boy, that can do a lot to your coordination. That can do a lot to the the type of athlete you are currently to what you might eventually be. But I always feel like there's an exception to it, and I don't know if that's what kind of what Verz was getting at, putting more of his trust into someone who you know works with Tory Pittman uh, day in and day out. But we see this throughout college athletics and it's not just in football too we've seen it in baseball we've seen it in volleyball we've seen it in basketball where the ones who do get these offers and they they make headlines and everybody's asking what the hell are we doing yeah usually those athletes both male and female they just completely not slightly not the best amongst a, a group of like a select team but they really stand out and it is almost a situation where you think, you don't know, you think that if they continue to develop their game and they continue on the trajectory that they're on, we would be stupid, as Verse said, to be you know one of the last ones to offer, especially if they're in our, our own backyard. So there could be something to be said about getting that offer out and then sort of sitting back and watching, okay, how does how do they develop? How does their game develop? Uh, by the time they get to their sophomore, junior year, do they still look like they're on that path and worthy of that offer? You know, it, it's – Verz is right. There's a, there's a lot of this that we've seen happen, and a lot of them you never hear from those guys or gals, but especially in the sport of football, you never hear from beyond their junior year in high school because they've stopped growing. There is a, a guy that – Anybody that grew up in the Millard area uh, between like, you know, the 94, 97, there was a, a guy that was a, I mean, an absolute freak of an athlete and a specimen named Matt Paquetti. Great football player, great wrestler. He, he, nicest kid, but was intimidating as all could be. Ended up going to Creighton Prep. And this wasn't commonplace as far as offering eighth graders at the time. And so, I, you know, I don't believe he ever got offered uh, that early. But 
he was one of those dudes that I think of just from a physical standpoint. Yeah. Stands out and you're just like, damn. You don't see that every day. You don't see that every year. That is rare. And I remember by the time he got to his junior year, everybody caught up to him. Physically, everybody had caught up to him. So what was standing out, and this his was more size than anything. He was, an, he was athletic, but it, more of his size. When you think of just overall athleticism, though, speed and everything like that, and that stands out, there could be something there. You know, that, there could be something there. Now, again, coordination is a big thing, you know, especially as you get a little older. You go from, you know, 13, 14 to 15, 16. You know, coordination can go a little bit sideways on you depending on how you develop. But when it just comes to overall size, I'm not saying any of these coaches are ever offering just based on your size. But if, it, that, if that's it, I, I've seen it firsthand how people get to their freshman, sophomore year, hell, even their junior year, and all of a sudden they make that person look small again. Uh, the, the famous one is Lane Kiffin's offer to the seventh grader, yep. David Sills, who's a mm-hmm. name we know, mm-hmm. played, ended up playing wide receiver at West Virginia. Yep. Um, really wasn't ever much of a, a quarterback prospect that he was thought to be when he got that offer as a seventh grader. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't end up going to USC even uh, where he got that offer. So I guess what I'm trying to sort out and maybe I haven't asked the question right, is what what is is there actual harm in offering a younger kid a scholarship offer? It does making the offer doesn't mean that you are on the hook for anything. Yeah. Like we see offers get pulled or, mm-hmm. you know, players get offered and then they have, you know, they don't perform the way they were expected to. They're I mean, they're offered as a sophomore, say. Yeah. And then their junior and senior season, they don't really perform and they kind of just get pushed aside and you know coaches stop contacting them or or what have you they move on yeah you know the relationship moves in a different direction so i guess i'm wondering if if you can pinpoint any harm in offering a kid that young certainly what shafe said about putting a tremendous amount of pressure on a younger kid to perform after they've gotten that offer and the spotlight is on them now at such a young age mm-hmm. i mean i i could see that as potentially being uh, a problem but you know if you're if you're in first and you're establishing that relationship early like it's it's always a gamble you're making a yeah. bet right oh sure yeah it's it's i i would i see where you're going too and I, and i would agree it's 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 not as much harm or very low risk for the the program that's offering as opposed yep. to you know maybe the, the kid himself and it's a kid it's it, a kid definitely a kid it, it is all right, we're going to come back uh, right before crossover. I want to get to some of your baseball thoughts, too, because right. John's been sitting on this, and I, I want it. to. And he said I might be surprised by this. So be. I hope I, I think I'm saving the best for last. But uh, we will come back to wrap things up, get you set up for the crossover as we continue here on 1620 The Zone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.